This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Highway on my podcast with Rocky Mayur and Abhinandan. We're back. We're hungry. And we are here with the two biggest men in Indian food and travel, Rocky and Mayur, and with us is also Prashant Sareen, co-director of many hit shows like Highway on my plate, Jai Hind, Vital Stats of India. Uh, food Adventures of Rocky and Muir, maybe I'm getting the names wrong. Hello, Prashant Sareen. Hi, how are you? And my name is Abhinandan Sekri, also co-director of the above-mentioned shows. So like we promised you, we are back with Bengal this time. We will be doing two shows a week to begin with. We may increase the frequency and we have got a lot of love. Uh, with all the emails you've sent, I'm just repeating again. Guys, we're going to be back twice a week. Tell us what you want us to talk about, which states you want us to go to. In fact, by the end of it, we'll go to every state. And if you have any food stories of your own that you think would enrich the lives of our listeners, please do share them because we will create a community of avid travelers and foodies who can then make sure Rocket and Muir get back on the road and this team can bring you another awesome show which shows you India like none other. On that note, um, that is that is fantastic. I mean, Adnan, very well said. Yeah, I'm really proud of you. It reminds me of the only Bengali song that I know. Yeah, uh, 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 clearly I, I you don't, don't even know that. Is it? Of course I know. I'm just joking. It starts by saying, "Ami konche, abe khabar nachi, hamre daddy gone the, hamre mummy gone the." And that is the only one I know. And I don't know how Bengali that is, but I know that it's a song. It's a Fauji song, isn't it? Isn't this what troops sing? Isn't that right? I have no idea who sings it, man. But that is our state right now. Who we are, where we are going, what we are doing, nobody knows. But once this group comes together and thousands people of people start sharing their love for Highway on my plate and being out on the road, then we can get back into action. But until then, you get the point. Yeah, let's not ekla chal, not not ekla chal. Let's all walk together. Yeah, exactly. I was going with Jodi Anyway, we the Bengalis will kill us. We will not go into that. I will tell you thank what. God, all... This is not a singing show. This is a, <laughs> we can only thank our lucky stars. <laughs> I wanted to sing Nam Gum Jayega, Chehraye Badal Jayega because it's a podcast. But Highway on my podcast will bring you a state in every episode and we'll take you across the state from all the travels we've done. This team has covered this country like very few people you'd know. In this episode, we're going to talk about Bengal which includes Darjeeling tea. We have a lot of tea jokes. Just warning, uh, there's some potty humor. So in case you're eating, you might want to save this for later. We have Siliguri, Kalingpong. We'll be featuring Shanti Niketan, where we had some magical experiences. We'll be featuring Bardhaman, uh, which has a very special hotel, which I'm sure Rocky and will have a lot to share. And uh, we have a very interesting episode of the Bengal Cops, the Kolkata Cops. This is one my favorite anecdote from all my travels, from all the shows we've all done together. And Sundarbans, guys, we went to the Sundarbans. It was an experience like no other. So, boys, uh, why don't you start uh, mayonnaise with the Kalingpong lollipops and cheese? Since you have the finest taste out of all of us, or at least you pretend you do. <laughs> Even though our experiences in the, in the car would say otherwise. <laughs> so, Kalingpong, um, it actually sometimes surprises people. It surprised me the first time also because I, I did not uh, know. I must admit that Kalimpong was in West Bengal. But once we got there, uh, Rocky reminded us that what it's best known for is Kalimpong lollipops. And these are not 
real sugar candy lollipops but chocolate lollipops and kalimpong is also famous for its cheese and from what i remember it was it was a swiss gentleman a swiss missionary who'd come there and and given people in kalimpong cows and he would buy the cheese and the chocolate from them and the earlier days they would use ghee they would use this but from remind me if i'm wrong but we were not very impressed with the quality of 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 the the chocolate lollipops now because they said they'd started putting dalda and stuff in there was it chocolate first of all just want to confirm yes so it was it was like a chocolate fudge hard sort of lollipop and anybody who's ever been stationed anywhere near darjeeling whose parents were in the army or who were in the army themselves will remember this legendary lollipop because it's like a army thing it's like oh you're going near darjeeling you must have the kalimpong lollipop uh, near uh, kalimpong you must have the kalimpong lollipop so anybody who's within 100 kilometers of kalimpong from the army has had it and frankly it used to be fantastic like 30 years ago yeah. when there was nothing really else available in terms of chocolate but now i mean the taste is uh, you know i won't be over the moon let me put it that way did you try it prashant no i i don't recall uh, kalimpong lollipops It was like teardrop shaped lollipop i i remember trying it to memory hmm. when my dad was in the army and i remember when he was posted to siliguri you guys used to go up to kalimpong often in the summer break when we used to go visit him because it, i think at that time it was a non family station and i used to love those kalimpong lollipops when i went back i didn't like them but rocky i think more to do with that the lollipop has changed it's when you grow up you're used to a lot of nice food like when i was a school boy the kumar's mango shake was the best in dehradun when we went back with you know the shows we did it tasted like nothing like <laughs> i think our standards changed no of course i mean that that's the basic thing but the quaint part about a place like kalimpong is it's lost in time somewhere between the 1970s and 1990s and it still has that quaint old sort of feel to it and when you walk down the provision store is called larks larks is the place you have to go to and uh, they still have the kalimpong lollipop they still have the kalimpong cheese albeit both are average and not very special so we should move on from here where are we going next niku wherever prashant drives us because he took us all over the country where do you want to take us next prashant <laughs> darjeeling darjeeling the obvious place you go down to the tista and then go back up along the tea gardens that photograph uh, where that tista that you know that where we did a piece to camera as well we shot i don't know for which show it was but for one of the many shows where this it's it's this down there you see this mighty tista but prashant it wasn't as mighty as i had heard it will be no the tista is a very mighty river yeah is one of the best rivers to do whitewater rafting on and it's uh, it's it's uh, you know for adventure junkies it's a must go to uh, trip but yeah i mean i think i think the bridge where you cross by recall now is is it's not terribly wide the river at that point no so this is the one near siliguri right when you come up to the bridge and then you cross over and go to the other side that's right you stop there and shot yes i know yeah. there because the, the, the because the incline is so great the decline the the hill slope is so much that the river is not really that grand it's immediately after that another 10 15 kilometers down when it opens out into the plains then you realize the power and the size of that river that's when it really sort of comes into its own but these hill rivers are magnificent coming in from the forests the way they do if these are just magnificent rivers yeah and that tista river bridge is really quaint and in fact you know we, the first time i had gone there there was a group of uh, there was an army truck stuck at the bottom the some driver had taken it in to wash it and it got stuck <laughs> and these guys were trying to figure out how to get it out there were about 50 guys and the water level was rising so there was this whole decent debate going on in bengali when i reached there about how to remove it what they should do how to put a lever principle and all that stuff 
and then suddenly we saw this group of uh, uh, khalsas here led by a young captain who just pulled over the truck and he said oh don't worry sir we'll get it out and suddenly these 20 khalsas jumped out of the truck they ran down they got hold of the truck they picked it up and they dragged it out of the river and threw it on the river bank and started it and drove it up on the road and i was like well why you guys are planning by the way the truck is back on the road <laughs> it was just fabulous to see yeah. you know the <laughs> but, but uh, now we did some tea tasting there as well and mayur will come in because he is the biggest finicky pain in the ass prashant ne ko can we stop for a coffee this coffee is shit i want another coffee this tea is shit i want another tea so we did tea tasting with the professionals at makai bari thi makal bari what was the name that was a bengali thing makai bari makai bari Yeah, well, we went to two places. We went to a place called Glenary. If you remember, Glenary is also one of the very old tea states. They have a, a a cafe. We went to that beautiful. It was like an English style cafe where you get high tea and little sandwiches and little cakes and stuff. And um, there, if I remember correctly, there we were given an explanation on the different types of tea. And there we learned how the silver tip is is the tea where you pick just the the bud from the central uh, part of the plant. and it's got little little fine silver hair and and at that time if i remember they said that it sold at 20 or 30000 rupees a kilo was what that silver tip sold for on the auction yeah Chai that's right Kili. they they have tea auctions it's like a tea stock exchange and whoever all the you know uh, tea estates come with their tea leaves and whoever is the best gets the auction makai bari those days was considered the most expensive and like mayur said some 20 30000 rupees a kilo yeah but now that number has gone up to over like 1 lakh rupees a kilo uh, the last i heard So the prices of tea are going through the roof. I have no idea why. Personally, I don't like tea, but I do like uh, collaborations in tea. And I don't know if you guys remember the collaborations that we were discussing. Yes, we will come the... to those. Let's <laughs> let's let's not scare away our audience so quickly. So why tea tasting? I don't know whether you guys know. When professional tea tasters come, they will always you have to be against the sun. So the sun has to bounce off the tea. And I remember this guy explaining all this to me, and I was like, dude, how does it matter where the fucking sun is bouncing off the tea? because you're just drinking it but anyway so we we stopped at a tea estate we laid out the tea and rocky and you tried the tea now before we get to the really potty humor why don't you tell us about the tea what the different tastes are like and and prashant you also please tell us cuz you're also quite the tea connoisseur yeah, the interesting thing about tea is that there are actually only two kinds of bush tea bush in the world there's the chinese bush and there's the indian bush and it's like wine you know you have grapes you have like six varieties of grapes or eight varieties of grapes and you get a multitude of wines and teas a little bit like that i mean from that one bush it's just what part of that like mayur was explaining the silver tips and all i mean that is what goes in the white tea right i mean that's what's the most expensive some of the most expensive tea and that's oxidized very little so it's just literally plucked and oxidized maybe for an hour or a couple of hours and then packaged but uh, then you have ctc and all of those kinds of tea so the varieties that you get and depending upon how long you oxidize the tea after the mulching of the leaves it's it's really that decides the 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 flavor and the strength and the color and so on it's quite fascinating to understand how tea really comes into its own rocky singh twade taste buds no eh sab hoya ki tusi bas bol rahe ek ek ki yaar ke ki keh reha hai sanno de pata hi nahi chalya eh sab no the the correct term is ha ki but no absolutely not tea is it's actually quite magnificent the point of making tea is that you don't really boil the tea leaves you bring your water to an almost boil the point at which these small bubbles start rising but the big bubbles on top on the surface don't happen and once that happens you put off your heat put in the tea leaves just on top allow them to settle down themselves 
give the pan a couple of shakes don't stir it to the spoon and then you pour it out that brings out the real aroma and it doesn't burn the leaves so the finer teas are drunk at that temperature or a little less never boiled like cutting chai cutting is just like waste product basically cutting is you know when they take the leaf they put the leaf into these long uh, sort of storage areas where the leaf is dried it's then pressed and you know watered and washed and pressed and that is moved on to these sort of escalator belts that take it up and they're chopped into tea leaves and whatever is left that is sort of the cutting in fact so we we went uh, we also will come to sri lanka once we've exhausted all the states of india uh, rocker mewir prashant and i also went to mauritius sri lanka indonesia and malaysia and singapore we'll come to the cuisine there but this process remember rocky we went through the whole thing in sri lanka which is also well known for its tea which actually says tastes to the same to me from darjeeling but would you pay the kind of money when you guys tried that tea mayo come in well, I, i would just like to acknowledge that tuji to dasre di jattanu ke langur ke muh mein angur and you got like rocket science explanation of how fantastic tea can be so please do not judge a book by its cover Shame <laughs> on you. Yeah, yeah, but Mayur is Mayur is the Sri Lanka expert. For those of you who don't know, Mayur is the man with a curse on his head. Every time he lands up in a country, drastic things happen. For example, he landed up in Singapore and Hong Kong, and SARS hit the same day. He was in prison; everything was shut down. Then he went to New York when the planes hit the World Trade Center the same day. He was walking on the roads over there, and then he went to Sri Lanka. Guess when? Mayur and brought the like tsunami to, to the Sri Lanka. The tsunami, yes. The tsunami. Mayur? Yeah, always. I don't know how we made it traveling the whole country with you in the car, but well, now, we, now I'm a world citizen. You know, the world is a small place. I'm a global citizen, and now we have Corona. So yeah, go ahead. I mean, no. Chai, <laughs> would you guys pay that much for a tea? You did the tea tasting. Tell us. Okay, the ambience was great. We guys did the whole tasting in a these undulating hills, and there was the a table laid out and all. But how the fuck was the tea, man? Look, it was pretty spectacular. Okay, if you say so. Yeah, but but I mean. to to our whatever our understanding of tea and stuff is i don't think i would i would pay that kind of money for for tea i mean it to me it wasn't worth that much rocky my my point is this that a when you buy a tea like a like a beautiful silver tip for let's say 30000 rupees a kilo the amount of tea you use in a cup is 120th of the regular tea that you'd put in it you just sprinkle in five or six leaves and that aroma and the taste and the color just sort of leaches into that hot water beautifully so you are getting an extraordinary taste but not only are you paying for that extra taste which is phenomenal but you are also paying for the lot lesser quality so you know on a cup wise basis the cost is not that much more than an ordinary tea as you would think i mean it's not like yeah. 50 100 times more it's it's you know it's a lot less pehle kyun nahi bataya i was wondering why the color and all was not coming main to aadhi balti dal di thi usme tabhi bhi nothing came prashant you have all sorts of fine teas sitting in office yeah do you pay that kind of money for a tea I would, I would, I would. I I think it's it's just call it snob value or whatever. But I really enjoy that whole ceremony of just you know putting that fine tea leaf in that pot and brewing a brewing a cup. I really love that. I mean, I I drink like maybe five cups of tea a day, you know, and maybe four cups of coffee in a day. So I'm drinking all the time. I wish I was drinking something else, but <laughs> so, so chalo guys, I I have I have. How's your bladder? Nine cups of liquid uh, diuretics every day and stuff like good, how often do you? Good, perfect, perfect. That, that's my department, if you guys recall. It's actually the you know why why the silver tips are the most expensive is also because you get only so much you know you get only so much from a tea garden right it's right. it's just the pretty much the top the tip of the bush that yeah. you're plucking so and it's it's very labor intensive because it has to be intact you can't just 
pull it like any other leaf right it's also got to do with with your level of taste your palate so i'll say this like mayur appreciates good wine a lot more than i do my palate is you know because of the kind of food i eat which is a lot of pickles and spices and chili and garlic and onions and i mean i love that i'm sort of a meat eating monster with lots of chili so my palate can't pick those flavors so he enjoys wine a lot more than i do he can tell a fine wine from a not so fine wine but especially with tea people who can taste a tea and really you know it, it sort of acknowledge what that taste is like they can spend a lot of money for tea i mean i can tell you what a really good tea is as compared to an ordinary tea i know the difference between like a grade 6 and a grade 10 but if you like tell me 8 or 9 i might fail because you remember meeting those tea tasters i mean when you we were talking to them they were incredibly serious uh, women and men and when i asked them i said so what do you eat and they were like well we can't eat garlic or uh, you know pickles the mango pickles etc that you guys do we can't have the strong smells in our food that you guys do we have to take it easy because you have to price these teas and it's a very serious job and i could never understand why they were dressed as doctors because all of them were wearing white lab coats uh, i didn't ask uh, for the rules <laughs> but i was like dude you're tasting tea why do you have to look so like doctory but but i don't have the taste of these fine men i just like kadi hui chai what do you call a tea for which you pay 1 lakh lakti peti peti nice okay so before we bring you to the invaluable jokes that are worth more than 20000 rupees per kilo of mycabari tea just want to remind you that we will be sending a newsletter to those who write into homp2020 at gmail.com that is h o m p 2020 at gmail.com we are sending out newsletter with experiences anecdotes some recommendations of all the travels that we've done on places to eat and photographs so you can really get a bit more of this journey so you know what we can potentially do once we step out again and we've built a community large enough to support another show of rocky mu getting on the road without any corporate advertising i think that is possible too considering how the next year is going to play out and before we move on to the potty jokes i have a couple of emails to read gentlemen if you allow me so we've got a lot of just from the first two episodes we got a lot of love from you guys i'm sorry i can't read all your mails i'll pick out a few but trust me all of us have read all of them this is from shashank he says a big hug what an episode one of the podcast it still reminds you the great period of tv in 2000s a big thank you for starting with my state karnataka great insights by rocky about the egg abhinandan love your talk shows i used to list the places you shared and visited every place in bangalore and mysore during my college days next day being punjab i hated rocky and muri are those two bears ate all the wonderful food and they did not even spare the place on the street which are selling some different charts of raw mango tamarind and still makes me jealous please discuss that tiny place too oh yeah we did a similar place in uttar pradesh as well but we'll discuss that shashank for sure and all the best for the food cast and i hate you guys for doing this show in the midst of a lockdown where it's just fantasizing the dishes featured in your show you guys are back but making us hungry with love for highway on my plate thanks shashank thanks for your mail i have a bunch of more mails i'll read them as we go on yeah that was that was a very nice mail yeah thanks shashank it was We really enjoyed reading that mail, man. In fact, all your mails. Thank you so much for sending them in, and we are reading each and every single mail and really enjoying it. This sort of encourages us to come back with more stuff, which is, uh, you know, why we're here and why we're doing this. So, lots of hugs and lots of jumpies and puppies to you guys. Well, jumpies to the guys and jumpies to the girls. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> Not the other way around. You were, you were going right. You were you were doing right. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but but uh, it's h o m p two zero two zero at gmail dot com. Now. Mayur, uh, I'll just set this up. Let's see if we can relive those because at that time they were flowing those puns. The setup was that 
T, I don't know if this is true or we made this up, guys. Did T originate in China or Egypt? China. No, China. China. Tea, China. But so that we could ease into our joke better, we said, you know, one of the first places that theorized T was Egypt. And they had this very famous king, King Tata Kumana. What was his? How do you pronounce his name? Tutankhamen. Tutankhamen. You're ruining it, yeah. What what we were sitting and chatting was that Niku was Niku was I mean Nandan, he's a he's a director he was a director on this show and he was losing his cool with somebody so you're like listen why all the hostility and that's where the joke started from hostility. you're like hostility <laughs> wow, wow. and it's like so much variety ah ha, ha, very good very good variety so that is so, that so while we were on this trip I was like listen I want to encourage a combined joint partnership between Egyptian tea growers and Indian tea growers. And he was like, that's great. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, in fact, they can name the first tea after King Tut. It should be called King Tut Tea. <laughs> and then we went and did a full ad. Of course, this never made it on air because we said, so there is actually a tea named after King Tut. Uh, it's called Tut Tea. And the ad line is, Subas Subas, for, for, for the best satisfying morning. Wake okay, up to the aroma of delicate King Tutti. <laughs> oh, best steaming hot early in the morning. <laughs> and we came up with many such lines. Of course, the, the, the channel didn't think it appropriate to let this the, go on. The, the, the glowing golden hues of Tutti, I think quite matches it. Get a bag of Tutti today. <laughs> Okay, so that was the potty humor. I, I hope uh, you enjoyed it. So yes. we, we'll drive out of the Darjeeling. But listen, before, just just to bring things back to some kind of a balance of this potty humor. You know, one other trip that I'd taken for another show, it was wonderful because we went and met uh, Jamling Norge in Darjeeling. You know, who is uh, Tenzing Norge's I think, son. Son, son, yeah, son, I think he yeah. was born in '65. Must be son on. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's an Everester himself, and he's he's got a wonderful cottage there, and he's got like this private museum where he's got Tenzing Norge's, you know, uh, ice axe and the clothes that he wore on the mountain and all that on that first ascent of Everest. And then he took me, took us rather, the whole crew to Elgin. Did we go to Elgin on one of the highway on my plate? Uh, yes, we did. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Yeah. We and did. they have this little, they have this little, uh, not a little, but a very elaborate tea ceremony, sort of a like high tea sort of thing, you know, where they bring those laid, you know, with little cakes and pastries and stuff like that. Very, it's, very British, in it. Very British. And Muffins. it's such a lovely place. It's such a nice ceremony, actually. You know, a ceremony, but it's such a nice thing to do if you go to the mountains and have a place like that to go and have, enjoy a cup of tea with, you know, small sandwiches, small pastries and so on. It's, it's, so, I mean, that was really nice. I mean, hearing stories about Tenzing Norgay and sitting in that lovely place, you know, with the fireplace going and having hot cups of Darjeeling tea. So, uh, hopefully you've forgotten the touch jokes now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, forget these memories. Now, let's come back to real Hobbesland yeah. memories. Oh, Have all of you guys forgotten the most interesting thing in Darjeeling? Have you forgotten the hot and stimulating cafe on Hooker Street? Oh, hey, <laughs> yes, I remember yeah. the cafe on Hooker Street. With Mr. Yeah, but listen, listen. Who's but wait, before, before, sorry, sorry. But before, before we go there, I just want to, I just want to say one thing. Mayur is, uh, you know, Mayur is a climber. He climbs, he's climbed many mountains. He's done a lot of peaks, uh, and he still climbs uh, regularly. He goes to seven thousand meters, which is. I think it's stupid, but he likes to do it. So, you know, who am I to stop him? No, I'm, I'm uh, aiming for 7,000. I haven't got to 7,000 yet, but I would love to. Thank you. Bless you. Yeah. So, you're welcome, old man. You should stop doing these things before you kill yourself. But 
the fact of the matter is that for anyone who knows anything about the sherpas and the mountain men of uh, india and nepal and, and the sherpas who take people up to mount everest will know exactly how edmund hillary would have gotten up that mountain tenzing norgay probably carried him for the last 5 kilometers on his head <laughs> and went and threw him on top of the peak <laughs> oh, i i i beg to differ i i will say this i've interviewed edmund hillary in 99 for a show on doordarshan and um, i was very impressed a he's a huge man and at that time must be about 90 when i interviewed him and i don't know how long he'd be just google his date of birth yeah his hands are the size of your face yeah least. dude he's enormous yeah and as an old man also i mean the power was visible he he's one hell of a guy yeah yeah i met him in 1988 he was at my school uh, at the prize giving ceremony of the founders day of my school and i shook his hand he's a huge guy he's a powerful guy a strong guy but but come on you know the sherpas yeah i mean the sherpas used to saunter up and down mount everest a lot before uh, edmund hillary ever got there with all due respect because uh, you know you guys it was just the there. sea to sky expedition that he had carried out so he started from the mouth of the ganges and they went in those uh, motorboats all the way up the river to see how far they could go up the river oh i don't remember this no sea to sky yeah Did this way and and doordarshan carried many episodes of that you know they were shooting that and they they Acha but listen era mountain daring now let's let's go back sorry bhai you yeah. were saying stimulating cafe on hooker street hooker street with mr rumba who taught us how to drink the tumba do you remember <laughs> his wife gave us momo less momo making lessons <laughs> and and at the end of that road is the is the is the darjeeling zoo i think at the end correct. of that road correct right so you so you get down there you have all these foreigners hanging out it's like a hippie joint mr rumba and his wife will give you two lessons they can teach you how to dance the rumba or they can teach you how to make momos and we learned how to make momos because we are already dancers we already know about the rumba <laughs> we have the rhythm in our soul <laughs> the one thing was that i was a little um disappointed with how the the drives between places in bengal is amazing you know like the drive from santiniketan to kolkata which we'll come to later the drive up to darjeeling but once i got to darjeeling yaar you know cuz i remember darjeeling when i was young it's like a squalor it's like everything's packed together and we were staying at this hotel high up right and you could see all the uh, this thing it's a mess man very sad I mean, half the magic of darjeeling is that when you come out anywhere in the evening on the right hand side is the monstrously large kanchanjunga kanchanjunga as they call it over there Correct. It is just the most spectacular mountain view of any city that I have seen in India. The mountain is so big, and it's right there on your side. I mean, it actually feels like you can reach out and touch it at sunset. You know, the colors change. It is that is the that's the magic of uh, of Darjeeling, and and that was always the romance of Darjeeling. You know, the views, the walks. It was a school city. It was a young city, young town. Great food, great people, but yeah, I mean that's changed over the years. The little toy train that used to go up, or still does, maybe the little toy train that goes from I think uh, Jalpaiguri to Darjeeling. Oh right. yeah, oh, and, it and, still and, does. It still does. But when we were there, it, they had discontinued it for that brief time, right? Because we tried to get a ride on it, but they said it's not operating right now. I remember very clearly because we went. I think you guys were in the hotel. I had gone to the production to see if we could, you know, shoot a little sequence in that. They said it's not operational. I think there was that road expansion work going on, so the track was disrupted at that point. So that was, but but if you ever get down to Darjeeling, make sure you get out to the balcony of Kevinters. Kevinters is this sort of legendary eatery that every schoolboy and schoolgirl. I mean, if you've been in boarding school in India, you know what I'm talking about. Kevinters is like the haunt, the adda, and you have this big balcony outside. On one side, you can see Kachanzonga. 
on the other side you can see the darjeeling ka ghanta ghar and the whole city is laid out it's the center of town is the heart of action fabulous meats preserved pork sausages hams cold cuts salamis my mouth is watering yeah <laughs> uh, even even one word of caution but they don't like you just sitting around enjoying the view they want you to order right away ha uh, order and leave quickly after eating order that's and true leave. it's a beautiful place no but i will say that i mean i'm i'm not that enthusiastic about food but that breakfast i'll never forget man kaisa thusa tha maine i couldn't get up after that yeah that was yeah, an amazing and, and then cold coffee is man i remember you exactly drank like three of those cold coffees yeah. <laughs> I, i was about to come to that i think menu phir toilet bhi jana paisi because i had so much of the milk products i had shakes and shit and uh, yeah it was yeah, something yeah that's it you had the shakes that you had the shits <laughs> so, so that was darjeeling uh, i know by your by your what is the other place yeah the other one in uh, when you walk up the road with cavitas on your left hand side where your mom where your mom used to hang out she used to go to school in darjeeling as the makaiberi said to be the oldest tea estate no 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 the other eatery the other eatery glenaries uh, glenaries yes glen we went there as well correct glenaries i i spoke of that earlier in this podcast uh, yes. quickly but they 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 really have that really nice english tea feel with the triangular sandwiches and the the multiple sort of layers of things where you get like different sandwiches and a beautiful yeah. sort of glass fronted area at the balcony if you remember and the rumbles rumbles the rumbles are there and the uh, really famous pastries and that magnificent view of the mountains correct you sitting there in the evening yeah. so it's fabulous listen i am sort of trying to talk about the rest of bengal let's move on we've been chatting for almost an hour now yes. okay but before we do that i have one quick email himanish says hey guys love the podcast so much keep going this is a quick quirky story about a kebab i fell in love with thank you himanish guys if you have any such interesting stories to share with us please write to us at homp2020 at gmail.com that's homp2020 at gmail.com So Himanish says, "Love the podcast. This is a quirky st- story about a kebab I fell in love with. Rocky and Muir will know better than I how Khan Market used to have a bunch of kebab carts, with the now famous Khan Chacha being one of them. Another famous one was Al Jawed, that later moved to a hidden spot behind the Defcal Market. Now this place had an amazing kakori kebab, not like the subtle avadi one you find at Al Kozar. It is redder, hotter, and tartar. I found that Al Jawed's new location and fell in love. But then Al Jawed closed down. I was disconsolate. Disconsul- A, a word that describes that he was unhappy. Badi English bolta laga. Very good. But then I found it on Zomato again in Lajpat Nagar. All was okay again. But then they closed down again. Hey Manish, I think it's just you and Mayur, man. You guys. <laughs> I called them and all I got was, Sir, lease khatam ho gayi. Aapke paas plot hai kya? Where would I find that heavenly ulik kebab again? One day I could smell kebabs even on the underground platform of the Khan Market Metro Station. Like a wolf, I ran upstairs to find their sauce. stumbling upon this new place qureshi kebab as soon as i entered the kebab he said bhaiya aap humko nahi pehchante par hum aapko jante hain turns out he had been the kebabi at al jawed i found heaven again by pure chance himanish a beautiful story well written wow and what dedication <laughs> to to go from one place to the other place to the other place looking Mere, for your favorite kebab meri aankhon mein aansu aa chuke hain i must try this as soon as this damn lockdown gets over <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, lockdown gets over. The good news is, boys, you'll be happy to know this. My pork production guy is back in action. I've just received 16 kilos of pork again today. So the party is on. I'm on. And by the way, those of you who don't know, Rocky makes one of the best mutton curries, and that's one of the places I don't eat for lunch. And then Rocky says, "I'm cooking mutton curry," and I just go there. I have a whiskey with him, and I've thrust on my mouth with mutton curry, and then I unbutton one button. 
and that's it. It doesn't go further than that <laughs> because I eat so much. <laughs> but okay, um, let's move on to now Kolkata. Prashant, wait, 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 wait. Why Kolkata? Kolkata? Don't you want to leave like the big punch for the end? What about other beautiful places like Siliguri? Okay, let's go to Siliguri then. Tell Ooh. us about Siliguri. Siliguri was the lovely. Ice hotel. Okay, guys, here's a bit of trivia. We'll answer it in the newsletter. So. Um, I remember two places that we ate at in, in Siliguri, but I'll talk about the first one. That's the Kalpana Pais Hotel. If you remember, it was a small little place, dank with little all religious images and stuff and um, thalis. And then there we were given the explanation of why it's called a Pais Hotel. So if you do want to know why the Pais Hotels in West Bengal are so called, you have to sign up for the HOMP newsletter, HOMP newsletter, and you'll get your answer. But there was another place which was really special that we went to after that. Who remembers? Netaji's cabin it is. Oh my God, that is incredible. I mean, the addo, the quintessential addo where you get a 2 rupee chai, you get a, a two, 2 rupee 50 pesa pair of two tiny toasts which are roasted over a coal fire to perfection and then cream and sugar and butter is ladled onto them. And when you eat that on a cold evening in, in Siliguri, you will lose your mind. I mean, how long were we there for? We ate what? I, I remember I ate like 27 pairs of those toasts. That's 54 toasts, yeah, right? And, and, they weren't, and what did you eat? They weren't small toasts. They were, in fact, if I remember, <laughs> they may have been small to you, but they were like those thick cut slices, which are equal to it in, in height, at least to if you stack up any of these sliced breads and you stack up three slices of that's how thick and soft they were. So they weren't small by this, but yeah, you ate a hell of a lot of those. Man. But, but we, we spent quite a long time there because I remember standing outside. I think it was evening when he went there. Yes. And I was standing outside and it was like you said, it's like a quintessential adda and you just sit and chat around with people. It was, it was a fantastic experience. I just had one cup of tea, which is great. It was just the best thing to eat at that point. And I think we must have lost our mind eating it. But just the fact that, you know, the place is there, it's been there forever. And this is one thing all over Bengal. I think Bengali people have this sort of loyalty in their blood. They really like their addos and their restaurants the way they are because almost all the places that we've spoken of or that we've been to or that even in Kolkata that we will talk about are all places that are really old. They've been there forever and people love going back there. Okay, we're driving out of Siliguri. Let's go to Shantinir and Vardhaman. Shantinir, as you know, has one of the, I may be wrong, but it's probably one of the oldest universities in India, not counting Nalanda, of course. It has been made famous by many people, the most notable being Thakur, Sardar, not Sardar, sorry. Ravind Nathagor. Sardar! Sorry, I fucked that up. But Where the head is held high and then it is cut off. But but I will say, I had heard a lot about Santi Niketan, but nothing prepared me for what I got. I don't know if it's still like that. Uh, it was uh, 2008, 9, 10 when you guys went. Uh, but it is one of the most amazing towns. It is a university town in the real sense. Like you walk everywhere, everywhere is close. Uh, we had a magical experience with the Baal Singer. It's, it may sound like an exaggeration, but it actually happened. We'll tell you how. But the one thing I remember is that we have photographs, which we will include in the newsletter. In Santi Niketan, they serve tea in these little things, which are a little bigger than bottle caps. Yeah. Yeah. Real tea lovers. Tiny little, tiny little bottle caps with sweetened tea and with no milk. So it's yeah. just beautiful tea. And the interesting part about it is sitting there and thinking that Rabindranath Tagore, Guruji, once walked exactly where you're walking and sat at that Kalo Adda. So there were two places. One was the Kalabhavan, which is like the college's sort of art display unit where you also have a canteen which serves you 
really bad food and then you step out of there is the uh, is the kalo adda which is where these people used to go to eat uh, you know have their food and have a cup of tea and the beautiful part about it is when you get there you realize nothing is happening in that entire town in that entire district nothing has changed nothing has moved nothing is happening everything is still except your mind and only your mind moves so uh, you know you come up with some brilliant thoughts because that's the only thing you have to do and that is sort of the timelessness of shanti niketan for me i mean that's the first that came into my head was that really if i was an energetic intelligent fast witted clean thinking young man like guruji was and not that i'm not but i'm just too modest <laughs> to talk about it i was waiting for that love i would love to be in a place like that because there's nothing there to to interfere with deep thought still waters run deep and nothing is stiller than shanti niketan <laughs> you make it sound like a punjabi manji after a very heavy lunch yeah that's exactly it <laughs> but their their canteen is uh, like rocky said their food is very basic and they have these hand painted like murals kehta jo kehta yeah, yeah. Walls, you know cuz i'm sure a lot of the kids there who are very artistic they're probably painters in fact there are many restaurants and mithai shops as opposed to the mithai shops of punjab and up that just have flies the mithai shops in bengal have art galleries but we'll come to that later they have these hand painted walls there's hardly any furniture they're like benches with tables with very very little and very basic food and they have these little homes that are cafes you went to one in the evening right it was like a home where one room they had turned into a cafe no this was a little broken down old adobe uh, no, that was just across the road from the university where there were the broken benches and there were the walls that were crumbling on the sides Correct. and the place in fact was closed the time we went there but somebody went and got us a cup of tea to be able to shoot this was just a beautiful little place that we sat at sunset and took a shot of the closed shutters and the closed shop i don't want to leave santiniketan before this promising that anecdote that i have just teased one is santiniketan has these guys on cycles or it did at that time who are selling these little tiny tiny mishti dohis and they were the best mishti dohis i had in kolkata because they're not that sweet they're just it's very subtle sweet and still tiny so you can have and they were i remember that time 5 bucks a piece so you know 20 bucks you pick up for you finish them you're shooting then you have some more now we had to shoot a final sequence and i don't know which of the shows it's for because we went there for several shows by the river i don't know what river that is but rocky and we were setting up and audio guy kept saying sir disturbance aa rahi hai koi ga raha hai i said it is koi dono kitni ga rahe then we all shut up and just above the audio of the river that was flowing we heard a singer and this is really like some bimal roy movie so of course this is because the audio guy said that unless he's in view it will sound like a disturbance i mean you have to see where that sound is coming from for those of you who are you know wanting to be producers actors if there is a sound coming and you can't see where it's coming from it comes across as disturbance so as long as we have him in the background he can sing but if he's not visible then we don't know where that sound is coming from so we looked around and he was sitting under a tree next to the river he and one more guy and they were just singing man it was phenomenal and then you know rocket muir sat down with them and we did a piece to camera did you guys sing i don't remember i hope not yeah. you... <laughs> <laughs> that bowl singer is never going to be the same again if we sang he probably gave up his profession and became a tannery worker or <laughs> we had a similar experience in orcha if you remember when we traveled there you know yes. just yeah. just by the river side there was just this guy with a ekthara or some string instrument yes. like that and just completely lost in his world you know just singing some devotional song and yeah orcha was another trip yes, man that was wow. he was he he i remember that guy was a blind right, old right. beggar yes, he must have been right. 70 years old he couldn't see anything and he was singing 
मन हो गए हो बैरागी राम लगन मोहे लागी मन हो गए हो बैरागी but but the essence of freedom is in every single baul song detachment from what exists a break away from the limitations of of society of people of the earth and a release into something greater than yourself and i've interpreted it as freedom all my life here. so this divine being that people want to talk about for them maybe god or maybe spiritualism maybe sufism or whatever but for me it is freedom it is the freedom to express yourself and the freedom to demand what is rightfully ours in every generation in every time in our own country an open sky free air independence of speech thought action and that for me is why bowls are so incredible so speaking of defiance um, we look at you bengal for defiance even till date we look at you we look to you uh, how many of you uh, we, while we are recording this the two, one, tonight was the night of bijli bachao matlab switch bujhao diya jalao ghanti bajao how many of you bajaud whatever was to be bajaud or jalaud did well, any of you i i took i you know i listened to the advice of the people who run the grid and they said please switch on everything else other than your lights i said why not even the lights i will do every effort you <laughs> whatever i can do to basically stabilize the grid let me contribute to the darkness so, spreading across so our country the lights which typically would have been shut by that time but i switched those also on Uh, so you were you were the bengali you were the that, bengali I, i was i was a bengali because you know we are a group of four so we are a political party in bengal जाए तो मयूर नाउ यू टेक अस टू बर्दमान होटल बर्दमान बाय द हाईवे एंड व्हाई इज इट स्पेशल एंड आल्सो द कैरम टूर्नामेंट दैट वी डिड स्टैंडिंग बाय द साइड व्हिच कैन गेट क्वाइट कॉम्पिटिटिव या वेल द टू थिंग्स आई रिमेंबर फ्रॉम बर्दमान इज वन थिंग इज लाइक दे हैड फ्रॉम व्हाट आई रिमेंबर रॉकी एट अ रियली डिलीशियस फिश दे दे गॉट सम फ्रेश फिश एंड दे 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 कुक्ड इट एंड ही टॉक्ड अबाउट द हल्दी बट व्हाट आई रिमेंबर इज दे डन समथिंग कॉल्ड द एग तड़का व्हिच आई हैड नेवर हैड बिफोर which is they basically had that scrambled egg and then they mixed the dal in and then they pan fried the whole thing and they served it to us uh, as a dish they called it the egg tadka something i've never seen before and after that i remember then we went on and we we played that and we saw that a lot a few places along the yes. highway habas which would have these high stools with yes. chest high carom tables and lots of young lads playing carom and in fact that that extended into assam as well they have right. a lot of these habas have the dhaba and like in punjab every dhaba has a manji with these phattas across where you can keep your chai and lie down most of the dhabas at least in this area of bengal and even when you go into assam have carom boards lying there to play after you i guess stuff your face yes and and carom is a full contact sport if you're an outsider and you start winning <laughs> you, <laughs> you wouldn't think like <laughs> so carom is an outdoor sport there but it's very popular but the reason why we stopped at bardwan was because you get these uh, matcher heads here yeah, these uh, uh, rui match heads so they were making the rui fish matcher jhol uh, rice and uh, rui fish made in this beautiful sort of mustard gravy typically sort of bengali but uh, they were just serving the heads that day so it was just a wonderful place to stop and eat fish head and uh, rice along with it and of course these eggs 
and just hang out. So that's the only reason to go to Bardwan restaurant. It's not really a good dhaba or a good place to eat or anything. Yeah, I agree. It's it outstanding. It was just a nice drive, but because we used to drive everywhere, you had to drive through these places. So we just used to get that experience. But yeah, it's not. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to go to the Sundarbans. But before we do that, this mail is from Surya Teja. Surya says, Hey guys, big fans, seminal show. I always go back and watch the tiny bits on YouTube. I guess you're talking about Highway when I play it, Surya. Mayur, speaking of Bengaluru, I remember you visited a bakery slash ice cream joint and telling us you were a frequenter at that place when you were a student and obviously on a student budget. It's a great learning phase. Would have been great if you touched upon that phase like Rocky did about the time he was working for airlines. But kudos to you, man. You were thoroughly prepared. Courtesy the book. Loved both the books. Rocky, my man, loved how you ended this episode. I do long for a country where people bond over food, music, traveling and even government bashing. Allah, big guy government auntie instead of people psychoanalyzing and being overly suspicious of everyone's motives. But just can't see divisions in society. Perilous time, but hey, let's be happy campers and try to proselytize. Mr. Sekri, love your response to Babul Supriyo during the Chapak saga. Googled you afterwards and found you had co-directed Highway on my plate. What joy those traveling days must be. I'm super excited about this series and excited to learn more about the few states in Northeast, Jharkhand, Chhattisgarh, etc. Also, I love the old Tehelka interview, guys. Looking forward to more anecdotes, which you never run out of. Insights on food, culture, traveling, local culture, and the cuff linkage. Cordovas are like the surds of South and <laughs> pro tips. <laughs> Let's be unhinged and have some fun. Yeah, Teja, that's how we roll. We are unhinged and we have fun. Thank you for writing Woo! in. <laughs> guys, please, even as I'm reading these mails, guys, two new mails have come. I can't read them. Even while we started recording, I just went back to inbox. There are two new emails. Do keep writing in. You will get a newsletter, anecdotes, photographs, and let's build a community which can get this show back on the road. So, Mayur, going to the Sundarbans. And, and, and before, sorry, before we move to Mayur, Niku, I just want to point out that Prashant is also a legend. Prashant was with a thing called News Track when uh, it was started in the late 80s, early 90s, somewhere yes. around then. Prashant was one of those news hounds at that point, digging up dead cop stories and bringing them back to life again. Razor sharp at the cutting edge. The sucking the blood out of the dead corpses of hidden stories. Prashant is a vampire from old. And, and, and of course, he was on highway my given away my age. <laughs> and also, yeah, he's, he's our, uh, the oldest and most mature and sensible amongst us. And he's also the co-founder of News Laundry, guys. Uh, uh, Prashant and I have a co you know, co-founder of a small screen. Yeah, and Prashant! Oh. <laughs> so, um, so, take us from that once. Mayur, all I remember is it was a beautiful drive, but fuck, by the end of it, I was like, are we ever going to get there? Yeah, it's like it's it's quicker to get to like another country because what I remember was a long drive and then at the end of that long drive you got into that ferry and then there was a long ride on the river down to to uh, whichever island we were on. However, that drive I remember the drive was a very beautiful drive. We really got to see rural countryside and if you remember there every house had and there's a specific Bengali name for it. I'm sorry I don't remember but they have that little tank dug out of the earth and it's filled with water and they have their fish in there and they're all growing their plants and their vegetables and stuff so very self-sufficient all those homes they, they grow their rice they grow their vegetables they, they pull out their fish and they get a fresh meal every day so they may not have huge amounts of uh, wealth by by capitalist standards but it's it's beautiful to be able to eat that fresh food so i think 
uh, all these homes and a lot of dhabas also had this little pond at the back and this extended into assam as well i mean i i don't know whether they actually get the fish from there but yeah they all had ponds at the back i remember that yeah no no it's a, every home every single home has its water supply washing supply fishing supply ducks right in a big pond front of the house or behind the house and that is why the groundwater level stays as good as it does and remember this assam and east of bengal are legendary rainfall areas where you get huge amounts of rain so each house will have it and it is a it's a beautiful thing they're completely self sufficient through the whole year now of course since pipe pipe water has started coming they've stopped maintaining those ponds and you can see that in assam especially because this is an assamese thing and it sort of spills over to bengal is the other way around okay. every home in assam had a little pond in front but where do they get their fish from don't you remember when we were driving past on the highway there was a 6 foot by 4 foot pond where there was a guy throwing a yeah we shot there we stopped and shot with him i remember and we were like what the hell are you doing this is like a puddle on the side of the road and the next thing we knew it pulls out a net full of like fish and we were like oh my god but those were tiny fish you guys eat big fish so i mean not you guys rocky so i'm sure the other fish comes from the river somewhere i'm sure the little the machhi fry the chips type come from there chips yeah, yeah but i'm just saying that the, the number of fish <laughs> chips type very technical of you i mean that for a show producer and director is <laughs> it after after 8 years of shooting back to back 200 days on the road having gone on those 3 and a half 4 lakh kilometers all across the country the least you can do is get some of your food terminology right <laughs> i'm trying <laughs> but uh, rocky uh, we'll come to you about uh, telling us about kolanir and avid bird watcher and uh, the sundarbans are these dense forests but i'll just tell you getting there it was a fucking pain in the ass and by the end of it i was really exhausted i was like dude are we ever going to get there so batran we got to the road end it was the sun had started to set and then this boat came to pick us up and we got onto the boat and then the boat went into the you know the water and i guess that's where the river meets the ocean and stuff and to the island we were staying in where the island we were staying in there was just this one it's not a resort or hotel guys don't expect too much it is like a it's like a pwd basic room with a attached bathroom it is just bordering on clean or not clean and that's it but the air is clean than you ever had just that boat ride is so still by the time i got to the island i was like okay that was worth it Sundarbans is a critically important environment. I mean, those are huge mangrove forests amongst the biggest in the world. You have over 200 tigers, hundreds of species of fish, reptiles, amphibians. But most importantly, a lot of ocean-growing fish, commercial fish, they come and lay their eggs in the roots of the mangrove plants in the Sundarbans because there, the the young fish, when the eggs hatch, the fish are safe from the predators of the ocean. So it is not to be underestimated. And I remember unloading everything onto the dock when we reached that island. and sending it by and then mayur was standing at the edge of the jetty breathing deeply with water on both sides of him until the the guard came and told him to move away because you remember mayur why crocodile bada wala crocodile kha jayega so they have so they have a lot of wildlife there they i remember uh, you have had carried your um, binox rocky and there was this there were these kites hunting i think they were hunting fish or they were diving and uh, i don't remember what they were called and this is the same area where the, there are very few villages there but there are some and they wear those masks at the back of the head because correct this is where the tigers in india the great bengal tiger because apparently the tiger doesn't attack from the front so they have a head at the back so that you know it looks like they're facing back at the tiger yeah i mean the the tiger is a the tiger is you know it's it sort of it, it's not a overt hunter it it prowls and it sneaks up on its prey and it what's the term for it i'm forgetting the word here 
ambush predator. It's an ambush predator. Yeah, the tiger is an ambush predator. So when it's when you're not looking, is when the tiger is most likely to attack you. And when you put a mask on the back of your head, you're looking at all times. So they think they're safe, but they're not because the tiger is also a very smart animal. Now, now there are there's you know there's over 200 species of birds in that area. This is absolutely phenomenal place. So for somebody like me, I've been going there for years. And and photographing birds in the Sundarbans and around, you get some unique species. But in the Sundarbans, here's the one thing you have to watch out for: you have to wait till low tide to be able to get out into the water. Because if you go there on high tide, the water is come out all the way to the edge of the forest, and you'll see nothing. But on low tide, you'll see all the animals in the area which has been exposed by the tide coming out, and that's the best time to go. So figure out when you're going, figure out the dates very carefully. Remember to be there on low tide days where you have low tide. Through the whole day, or late in the evening, or early in the morning, so you can get some good pictures. And what photos we got of animals there! And and the reason why Mayur was told not to stand on the jetty is because there are 20-foot-long saltwater crocodiles in the mangrove areas, and they jump, so they can actually jump out of the water and grab you and take you away. So you need to be very careful. And even when you're in boats, the good part is that the Bengal tiger has been known to swim, climb up boats, and take people out of the boats. So it's just a really nice place to go if you want to get food. Or you want to become food both times. <laughs> you become Jal Torai for the Bengali tigers. <laughs> Bengali tigers, the Bengal tigers. But also the honey is very famous of that area, which is why yes. they go in there into the correct into the correct. groves. Correct. In fact, they go uh, to collect I, honey actually. Yeah, remember we went and visited that that man, and he had all this fresh honey that he'd got. He just uh, harvested. How how amazingly sweet that honey was. And the second thing I remember is. Rocky, do you remember we had that dinner and we were so lucky? It was like a full moon night, so the food yes. was not that special. But just that light of that moon and sitting out there in complete silence. Yeah, I, I remember. It's magical. Yeah. We were really lucky to be there on a full moon night. But yeah, like Mayur said, it's not great food. Uh, if you go to Sundarbans, go there for the experience of seeing what it's like to be away. Now you'll have a better idea with lockdown. You know, you have a lot of peace and quiet. But they actually. The air is so clean. There's nothing around. You know, there's nothing around for miles. The closest habitation is like a one, one and a half hour uh, boat ride. So it's a great experience, but it's not a luxury experience. At least not then. I don't know what it's like right now. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're planning to go to the Sundarbans for entertainment or having fun, don't. It's not the ideal place. It's damp. It's wet. It's clay, loamy, sticky. It's hot. There are mosquitoes. Insects will bite you. There are mangrove forests, but. If you're going there because it is a unique environment and a and a phenomenal place for wildlife, then you need to go down to the Sundarbans. You need to get onto these boats that take you out there, and you need to go and experience it because there is nothing quite like it anywhere. Not even in Chennai, where you have these huge mangrove forests. By the way, in Tamil Nadu, uh, you have these massive mangrove forests, which are I think the second largest in the country, but they are nothing compared to the Sundarbans. So now we have just Kolkata left, uh, and we want to wind this up in 15 minutes. I have I'll read a couple of emails, guys. I don't have too many emails to read. Uh, I don't. We don't have so much time to read all these emails, but I promise I'll try to squeeze in as many as possible. Guys, keep your Kolkata stories ready. I want to tell the one about the cops when I went to the police station. This email is from Snigdha Segal. Hi, sir. My father and I have been huge fans of both of you, and I've always enjoyed your show and now your YouTube channel. I cannot thank you enough for the podcast. It's beautiful. I feel like I was there while you were having all that food. Please add me to the newsletter. I hope you bring back the show very soon. Until then, I will watch every YouTube video you upload and podcast you put up on Spotify. Thanks, Snigda. So thanks. Sweet. Thank you, Snigda. That's a beautiful email. Thank you so much. You know, these are the moments that make make things special for us. Make it make everything worth it. And this one is from Kimaya. 
Okay, Maya says I have been a newsletter subscriber for a long time, and I love the latest highway on my podcast. Podcast these days, when we're all inundated with news of COVID, it's such a welcome respite. I'm a huge fan of Home and was in school when it was telecast. My whole family would watch it, and I legit wanted to be Rocky and Mayur when I grew up. Sadly, Ooh. that did not happen. I'm a Maharashtrian who grew up in Indore, Madhya Pradesh. I'm biased, but I think it's one of the great food cities of India. It would be great if you guys did an episode on the food of MP and another one on Maharashtra because I think the diversity of food there is unknown even to Indians. Also, if you ever do an episode with listeners, I'd love to participate. Best of luck. I can't wait for you guys to do episodes again. Best, Kimaya. Kimaya, don't you worry when we get to Indore. We have such stories of Indore, right, guys? Fantastic. <laughs> What a place for food. Fantastic yeah. place for food. You're right. It is an amazing place. And Maharashtra, so we'll get to the Sahuji food. You're so right. The country has not discovered Maharashtrian food, and there is so much of it. We will definitely get there. But right now, let's get to Kolkata. Mayur, why don't you start with your story? No, Prashant, why don't you start with your story? Tell us your favorite story of Kolkata or your favorite food item over there. Finding spots to park the vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is all that I was doing while you guys got off, jumped off, and ran off to do whatever you had to do before you. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember all the roads somehow. I remember the routes. I remember the buildings. You know, the writers building that area so beautiful. I remember driving past. You know, with all those kids playing soccer on the field just opposite the Victoria Memorial. You know, and those beat-up trams going past and all. Very beautiful, atmospheric place. It's the city for a photographer. You know, if there's one city that you want to go to, if you're a budding photographer, you like your photography, especially street photography. Kolkata is the place to go. You know, near that Havra Bridge, just under it, where they have the flower market. I mean, it's just such an incredible place for a you know for a person who's interested in photography or driving because or you food even driving man. because you'll never get a place to stop. And, <laughs> and then you can just drive and not park. <laughs> yeah. And what happens when you do park? That first night we arrived there. Do you remember we parked the car and then what happened the next morning? Yes, I will be telling that story. Yeah. I will be. Telling <laughs> Nikku will tell that story. Well, Prashant, you will love Kolkata now. You know they fixed traffic. First time I went there it was complete chaos. We went there now a month ago. It is spectacular. I mean, everything is one way. Police is managing everything perfectly. The traffic is flowing. It is a lot faster than it was 12 years ago, and it is incredible what they've done with it. So, so hats off to all the guys who are handling traffic in Kolkata. Fantastic job, guys. Keep going. Mayur, tell us your favorite dish or story about Kolkata. There's so many dishes there. I'm sure you. I mean, we. We've eaten. I think we've been to Kolkata, Amritsar, Kolkata, and Bangalore. The places we've been to most often, and we yeah, stand on places. And Kolkata is magical. I mean, it's if if you look at it, it's one of those cities that has taken on influences from everybody, and you can get every type of food there. I mean, we'll discuss in detail later. But if you want like the whole old style English and continental feel, you have Mokambo and Peter Cat. You have the Thiratti Bazaar, and you have the whole tradition of the Kolkata Chinese for for the Chinese food. You have uh, you have all the tradition of all the sweets and the chaan and everything comes from there. So they've they've really taken on all these influences. The egg rolls, the kathis. Yeah, the kathi rolls. Also the moodi. Yeah, Dal the moodi. The moodi, the moodi. Uh, biryani, different types of biryani. We can get into all those discussions. But very quickly, my favorite story actually of this is 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 uh, I don't remember which show we were shooting it for, but we were shooting at. Uh, Balaram Malik and Radharam Malik. They're the the sweet shop, and they they're like at the forefront of being able to do all these sort of newfangled things with traditional uh, sweets. And and I and I and I gave my phone to the gentleman that owns it to charge. So he put it in his office to charge. And we were shooting, and we went out. And I don't remember what it was. Maybe Rocky can remind you. But basically, something happened, and Rocky and I got into an argument. 
and a Punjabi okay. style argument. Now, we've been friends for 46 years. We know that even if blood is shed after two days, it's fine. So we're completely lost in there. We have, there's the two of us, we're about to beat each other up on the street. And suddenly, like, I don't know who it was that came and said, you know, you're scaring everybody. It was this narrow street. And we look back and for half a kilometer on each side, all traffic had stopped, all people had stopped. We were stranded in the middle there, yelling at each other, but not a single person in Kolkata that who was there on the street wanted to like take the chance of crossing the street. And then we looked up and then they all, all sort of looked. And then I went inside to get my phone and the owner had locked himself up in the thing. He wouldn't even come out to say bye. He sent, he sent a member of staff and said, please give the phone back. And we met him recently and I wanted to remind him, but then I said I shouldn't do that. So it's, it's a non-food story, but it, it was just fun. Yeah, mine is also non-food story, the favorite one. But Rocky, tell us your highlights of Kolkata. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to talk about food in Kolkata. If you're a meat eater, uh, you know, Kolkata is the, uh, the uh, West Bengal is the sort of highest percentage of meat eaters in the country. I think almost 99% people eat some form of meat or the other. But the biryani is something which is spectacular over there. And here's what you guys need to do. If you go to YouTube, Enter Rocky and Mayur, one word, and Kolkata. So it's Rocky and Mayur, one word, no gaps. Leave a gap and then enter Kolkata. And you'll get a list of the finest restaurants that we think are the finest restaurants in Kolkata. But just that biryani with the magical flavors, with the big potato in the middle, done so subtly, so beautifully with the aromatics in place. I mean, one of my favorite ones is, I mean, uh, you know, Ar Armenia is there, which has a beautiful biryani. There's Arsalan, which has an incredible biryani. There's... Uh, uh, the Royal, uh, which has a magnificent biryani again. These are just so different in flavor and taste and texture and style and presentation and so good at the same time. So for me, Kolkata and biryani are sort of hand in hand, just like they are with the kati rolls. And the kati roll is, you know, what the, what the British memsabs wanted to eat, what the locals were eating and didn't want to get their fingers messy. So they uh, had a, had the kebabs put onto a kati, a stick, and then they sliced it up into a parotta an egg porter, and they wrapped a tissue around it. And that's the big thing. Kolkata is one of the last places left where you'll get your kati roll with a, with a paper napkin around it so that Memsab doesn't get hands their day. And it is, again, lovely. <laughs> so, Kolkata, of course, we'll come to Suruchi and stuff later. We'll, you know, have, we'll give you some details about the food. But now the Kolkata story was this. We guys went to Kolkata and we parked and we were you know, on a tight budget. We had to, you know, move to Santiniketan next year. We were driving out early in the morning. Went down and the car had been broken into and the tripod, which is pretty expensive. Now, of course, you have iPhones and everything is shot in these little cameras. Those days, each tripod and camera was expensive equipment. Of course, the camera's in the room, but someone had taken the tripods. They took, I remember, my Stetson, my hat. They took my iPod. I had a music iPod. So I was like, fuck, fuck our luck. And the music system had been taken out. I was like, dude, we don't have time to, you know, do anything. I'll just get an FIR lodged because... You needed that FIR for insurance purposes. Not that I thought they'd get anything back. So I said, okay, crew, everybody get ready, have breakfast. I'll just go to the police station. We were very close to Park Street. So Park Street police station is really nice architecture. It's red. It's like a, like a film set. And it's early in the morning. I went in. Of course, everyone is sleeping. Half of them are putting on their trousers, chilling. I said, look, and everyone speaks Bengali there. Of course, no one will speak in English or anything. I was, look, I have to lodge an FIR. Just a hotel down the road. Our car's been broken into. I need an FIR. They said, why? Where was it parked? First, they start talking in Bengali. I said, I don't know Bengali. Then they start talking amongst themselves. They're not even paying attention to you. And I'm, when I'm shooting, I'm in a hurry, you know, because it's, it's, there's a sense of urgency. So I was a little short. I was like, guys, whatever, just, just can you lodge my FIR? 
then he started saying oh sorry no the guy had come with me the darban from the hotel so he was translating but i could make out some bits because bengali is a little simple to understand so that guy was explaining in bengali so then that guy said you know he started talking to that guy i said what are they saying they said they asking why had you parked the car on the road why did you not take your tripod <laughs> up with you by now i had fucking completely lost it because you know bengal is one of the later few episodes we done we only done the rest of india then we did bengal and northeast we went on to nagaland arunachal and all that i said we have traveled all over the country and this is how we leave our equipment nothing has been stolen yet if i knew kolkata was like this i would have learned but i didn't because nowhere in the, else in the country has this happened we have covered every single state so quick quit your lecture just lots of fucking fire cuz i have to go and i'm a little intolerant with police because i think they're extremely uh, unfriendly as a organization probably so because <laughs> <Kosham. laughs> so that guy looked at me you know there was a little bit of silence at what the fuck and i said thank you so much don't give me lectures the rest of the country are cars were safe so they lost the affair and then i went and then you we were loading up this mobile came with this officer who was of course much senior to them with a van you know where they take prisoners i was like what fuck i pissed them off they told their superior officer he is going to come and fucking now do something so he stopped he says in bengali asked who's abhinandan i said i'm abhinandan he says you had come to the police station yeah then he started shouting at all the shops around the ones that had opened and i could make out the word prestige bengali prestige so basically because i had said we traveled all over the country and nothing got stolen don't give me lectures i didn't know fucking kolkata was like this so anyway we loaded up he said we will get your stuff i was like yeah right i've heard that before we loaded up and we left while leaving i could tell that he was picking up some people and putting them in that van guys you will not believe it one and a half months later i got a call from that guy and said we have your tripod we have your jacket and we have your hat they didn't have the ipod but i was like fuck don't mess with bengali prestige so, <laughs> so that was one hell of a story <laughs> no it is it is and i completely agree with you my wife is a is, is a bihari who spent all her uh, life living in bengal a family lives in bengal so she's taken on some of that bengali prestige along with her bengali uh speaking habits and bengali food habits but but here's the one thing that i picked up and you know i don't remember i don't know if you guys remember balwant singh's eating house it's on harish uh, mukherji road somewhere if i remember correctly dood kola dood kola yeah <laughs> <laughs> they have dood kola dood fanta that's milk and coca cola uh, is coca cola and milk basically but but apart from that they have make a very very nice cup of chai and they have some very nice snacks and and they have a very nice addo sort of feel so you're standing outside of the adda talking politics with some guy and i just sauntered across to these three old men about 50 60 60 years old having a really intense conversation about politics very animated and i introduced myself in english and then they immediately switched to bengali and the chat went on for 25 minutes and i was a completely full on part of that conversation because every time they turned to me i only knew one word of bengali which i've used with my wife's family so i know it really works they would turn to me in the middle and they'd be like uh but, uh what do you think i mean they would turn to me and wait for me to say something i would say tar pore <laughs> and they would start immediately after that and for 30 minutes they spoke and at the end of 30 minutes one of them turned around to me and said you are so articulate for a punjabi man <laughs> <laughs> i really enjoyed that con sadi the prestige hoti nahi hai sadi the kuch hai hi nahi ji i really enjoyed your conversation and your bengali is flawless i was like yes sir thank you so much my wife is totally <laughs> so with that one word and the word is tarpore you can get into any bengali conversation because the bengalis are not listening to you they are only talking <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean though that word 
Parpare means and then what? And so then, like, okay, and 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 then. So you were just basically egging them on. I was just egging them on. I had no idea what they were talking about, but he was so impressed. He was like, "You're the most articulate Punjabi man I ever met." And I was like, "Thank you. I'm like that." Yeah, they, they, they do love their debates in Bengal. I mean, they have enough things to. You have your Bengal versus Ghoti food. So the food of East Bengal versus the food of West Bengal. Within that, they'll argue whether the the illish fish that you get in the Padma River in Bangladesh is better, or the one that you get on this side, the Hilsa, is is better. Whether it's the football team of Mohan Bagan versus uh, what's the other football team? Bombay Sporting. It used to be, of course. Now you have ISL. Yeah. So you have that. So they're always uh, very happy to sit down and like have a have a discussion. And and in fact, uh, a lot of institutions, uh, as Rocky pointed out, some of them are very very old, venerable, 1900s, have been built around this whole Bengali love for debate. The Indian Coffee House, for example, if you remember the one we went to in Kolkata. I mean, oh, that's beautiful, beautiful place, art on its walls, and we could shoot. You couldn't hear anything because people were talking so, so loudly. Loud. It was a nightmare. It was a shooting nightmare. Fifty people, but it sounded like a mela of three thousand people because everybody was speaking at the same time. Yeah, you couldn't shoot there. There was so much noise. You know what I loved when we had to shoot there? We put the cameras. There. I said you have to get permission. So we went behind and he said. There's an office in the back. You have to speak to the person. We went in the back. There was a guy sitting there in an office surrounded by six thousand tons of paper. I mean, there were application letters there from God knows when. And he said, "You have to give an application." So I said, "Well, that's super, but we want to shoot now. Who's going to approve this application?" He said, "Me." You think a banana and a dhoti? So he said, "Are you are you serious?" He said, "Yes. You have to make a duplicate application." One, I will approve it, put in my records. One, I will approve it, give to you. Then you can shoot. So I said, but you're sitting right here. Just tell us you can shoot. He said, no. First application has to be made. So we had to sit there. He dictated the whole long, convoluted letter to us, <laughs> which Abhinandan then had to sign because he was like, who is in charge? I was like, director. He was like, you call director to sign then. The director came to sign. Who wanted to kill Bengalis by that time because he didn't <laughs> have a tripod? Yeah, too much, right? I was yeah, but it. Bengal tries your patience, but not as much as Assam and Karnataka. I will say. I mean, I had the most difficult times in both those states. But I am like you have guessed, not much of a foodie. But I've, there are a few places which you will, you know, I will tell you as we travel. One of the places that will be dearest to my heart, not just for the food, but the entire experience was Suruchi. I don't know if it still exists. It's basically a trade union where destitute women are housed. There are hostels for them. They work. They make fabric, and they also run a kitchen. And this place opens, I think, at what one thirty, and by two thirty-three, the food is over. And it's very like bed takalluf. Like you can walk into the kitchen and say, "Is there any more?" They'll say, "Go sit down. We'll get you whatever there is." I'll say, "Can I have some more mutton?" It's mutton is over. I said, "What is it? We'll get you whatever there is. Go sit down." Like they scold you, like your mom would scold you, and they are not at all intimidated by you. They and their mutton curry was so awesome. So I remember I had mutton curry and rice there. And what the Bengalis do with mustard is what Yash Chopra as a Punjabi does with mustard cinematically. <laughs> Bengalis do whatever. <laughs> so yeah, that is the only people who do mustard better than Bengalis are the Assamese. But we'll get to that later. I don't know if Paradise is still as good, but yeah, uh, that's my Bengal. I loved it. I oh, and we haven't talked about Durga Puja, but we have attended about two or three Durga Pujas, then shot each one. And the only one I remember is we started off from one of these pandals, guys. Bengalis did not invent pandal, and you cannot convince Bengalis of that that it's not their word. But anyway, to get from the pandal to a hotel. And, and in case, in case you're wondering what a pandal is, a pandal is a pandal. What the rest of India calls pandal, the Bengalis call uh, call pandal. But stylized with a theme, 
and I need to take a piss. And and Kolkata is not like Delhi where they have you know, forests and trees on either side where you can just three hours, man. My bladder almost burst. <laughs> we are fucking crawling here. That's what you remember from the city of culture, from the city where in a dhaba that you went in, you saw an original MF Hussein painting on a wall. Yes, that's and you right. remember that you couldn't find a toilet. <laughs> so, oh yeah, at the Jain, at the Jain, the right. And, and that was that was Gajgamini. The original Gajgamini is in the Azad and Daba wall. And, and Hossein painted it there for the owner because he used to sit there and have this chicken that he really loved. But Kolkata is full of these stories about history. I mean, uh, there's, of course, the Balwan Singh coffee shop that we discussed. There's Peter Cat with the legendary cello kebabs, which are incredible. There's Mokambo with those baked crabs. There is, uh, uh, I mean, there's Shuruchi. Shuruchi, Shuruchi. Shuruchi with the Kochu Pata, Chingri Bhapa and the... It is incredible Bengal food from from uh, East Bengal. And that other Flores, QPs, what was it called? Which I love that, uh, the the white, what's it called? Sandesh. They had the best Sandesh. I believe it's not that hot anymore, but I loved it back then. That was Casey Dar. Flores is is more like a Western... Uh, Pastry, tea, on coffee. Park, Park kind of Street. And, and if you ask me, I mean, I love Flores. I like their rumballs. Rocky, do you remember you love? No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Mayo, no, no, Mayo, I'm, I'm talking about the place which is... He's, he's talking has... about QPs. He's talking QPs. about QPs. Kupis is this thala restaurant where they, where they do this beautiful Bengali thali. Exactly, that's thali, right. That's the one. A, a sit-down place. It is absolutely legendary, it used to be. It's, it's you know, not spoken of so much these days. There's a couple of other uh, places like Bojo uh, Manna that have taken over that mantle. But Kupis is still, a, uh, for me, it's still a fantastic eatery. It I'm going there every time. Home, right? It's in a home. Yeah, it was. Yeah, she yeah. had a doll. The lady yeah. or her mother used to call her QPs, right. or she had a doll named QPs, and that's how the name of the restaurant came. That lady. Right. So, um, Prashant, you tell us what is your favorite dish from Kolkata other than the parking hassles that you faced? I think Dab Chingri. I can't remember where I had it, but. Uh, Bojori Manna. Bojori Manna. Yeah. It came in that. It, it came in that coconut it, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just one I'm very fond of shrimp, prawns. Anything made with shrimp and prawn is, prawn is welcome. But it was just so subtle and so nice. It was so full of flavor. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. The food is incredible in Calcutta. And I think it's a nice, loud place with a lot of atmosphere. People just love their food, love talking politics. You know, and they're very easy to converse with. You, know, you can just pick up a conversation on the street and somebody will respond. You know, they're not sort of dismissive. And they're very articulate. You can sit down anywhere and have a conversation of politics or the or economy or the way the world is or the way the country is. And most people will be able to talk to you, which is very unusual. So I have to take my hat off the hat of the Bengalis for that. In fact, you know, I went and sat down on the banks of the Ganges River once. We were trying to catch some fish. But we were with a, I was with a, a couple of other people and three of us were sitting and this group of locals came in. And they had the local hooch, which is known as the bangla. It's, it's like nail polish remover. It's horrible. But uh, you can drink it and you get high and it's, it's a wonderful little local drink. So we had bangla and we had caught, they caught lots of prawns, these guys. So they brought them over and we roasted them right there. So we were eating prawns with mustard and, uh, and haldi cooked in uh, mustard oil. And we were having conversations and we were drinking bangla till almost you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, middle of the night. And we, of course, we never caught anything. But it was just fabulous to converse with people from just a village, just some guys. Yeah. But what I really like is that we'll come to that. Uh, the other place, surprisingly, that has a really informed, you know, just the, the man on the street you can has really articulate conversations and can talk about a lot. Literature is Banaras. I mean, we will we have some magical stories from Banaras. Absolutely. But that is for the UP episode. 
one other thing about kolkata uh, to add to what uh, uh, rocky was just saying they have an opinion and they are not ashamed or afraid of expressing their opinion in any other place in india they first look at your face they see which way you are tilting and then they respond to you they don't want to be sort of rude to you or any you know i think people in kolkata and west bengal generally if they want to say something to you if they have an opinion which is contrary to yours they'll let you know that you know and that is really refreshing and what is nice about kolkata is because no matter how heated a conversation becomes and that is something that i've asked in you know some of the other podcasts they'll get really aggressive but like in delhi the moment you start off a argument the chances of it getting violent are very high in bengal super heated arguments you know there's no violence but yet the political violence is there is so much i could never quite understand the contradiction you know people you, you, have, you obviously haven't met my wife as yet here actually i noticed something rocky and i were there as uh, recently as two weeks or three weeks back and uh, we were standing on the on the road somewhere in park street and i noticed and kolkata to me seems to be one of those last cities remaining in india you know remember when we were growing up along the streets you would have this used book reseller he would just set up and you would have all these old things you know and i suddenly we were standing and i suddenly turned and there was this guy and there were like seven or eight people there and they were like leaving through the books and there and there were books on i mean i saw zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance there they were also rubbing shoulders with the sydney sheldon with national geographic but there were people interested so there's actually a market in there for like second hand books on the street and i think a lot of that that joy of learning and the joy of literature is still very alive in uh, in kolkata and of course the joy for sweets because nowhere else i think in this country will you get the variety of sweets that uh, that you will get in 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 kolkata any favorites for sweet shops in kolkata oh no I, the kesi das uh, which which sort of uh, claims to have invented the bengali rasagulla yeah. is one of those places where the kheer kadam is just phenomenal oh. i mean it is the best yeah yeah so if you go to kesi das have the rasagullas of course and you also have to have the kheer kadam but but we've been to some legendary sweet shops mayur we spent a whole week just eating sweets or almost killing ourselves oh, you remember some of the names over there yeah girish chandra de nakur chandra nandi was the one that we unanimously agreed was with the exception of ramasre maybe the best sweet shop that we'd found in india and uh, then there was uh, there's balram malik there's kesi das and and we told by uh, many people in kolkata and stuff that if you go on the outskirts there are still many which are off the beaten track which are just as good but girish chandra ne uh, girish chandra would be my favorite i think and guys yeah. we we have to wind up this podcast and we haven't even touched upon shooting on the hugli and tangada with the chinese but this has gone into an hour and a half so guys in 2 minutes can you wrap up something that we haven't touched upon yet but bengal would require a lot more time as would other states well for those of you who don't know the chinese came down to kolkata to work on the ports basically they were not they didn't come there to work in the tanneries they started working the tanneries later and that evolution of the indian chinese food as we know it all over the country right now happened in tangra and the region around over there and hats off to them there are still some great places there get down you got to try the chinese food get down to tarati bazaar have your dim sums early in the morning very chinese it's a wonderful experience and and you know just just the people of bengal you have such a beautiful state it's a wonderful way of looking at the world you know and, and what i like best about them is that they are they're okay if you're going to have a laugh at their expense and they're capable of having a laugh at your expense right there right then so that has been my favorite part about bengal just the ability to just have fun no, just get into conversations on the street eat some wonderful food debate about what is the best food disagree and still you know just not feel threatened or scared bengal truly for me is one of those sort of last bastions of truly free expression in the country right now and and i love it 
Speaking of Chinese, uh, I don't remember the name of the place, but I think uh, Bengal is also the place that has the last of the generation of people whose parents or ancestors are Chinese. I mean, there's no Indian blood. It is, I mean, they're completely Indian, but they are, I mean, you know what I mean, right? They were Chinese and their kids are Indians now because they were born here and brought up here and they have Indian citizenship, but their ancestry is directly Chinese. There is no Bengali blood there. In fact, mm. one of the restaurants that we ate, the lady was... Monica, her name was. It yes. was a Beijing restaurant. Yes. So then She owns they, a couple more also. Right. And and the, the, there's a last generation of, I don't know if how long they'll be around because now I'm sure there's, you know, they've married Bengalis yeah. and Desis. But there was a generation who direct ancestry was pure Chinese. Prashant? True. Nothing, nothing to add really. I, oh, say I, something. I want to say, fuck, this is such a shit. Please, nothing. Just, just anything. Say, thank you. You've made parking. Tell me your favorite meal. Tangra is an equally bad place for parking. <laughs> the rest of Kolkata. Mayonnaise. I'll leave one of you guys to, to sort of finish about that nice sunset on Nogli. I just wanted to mention two things that, that came to mind when I was like thinking about Anna. Is, is how in West Bengal, they've also taken on these influences and then it results in some very interesting names. Now, we can either choose to give the explanation of those names here or we can ask uh, listeners to write in as to what they think the Lady Kenny is and where <laughs> they came from and the Chicken Kaviraji. Let us not forget the Chicken Kaviraji that we yes. had at Indian Coffee House. So, maybe we can ask listeners to write in with the story uh, to uh, hompt 20 at and uh, we won't send you a prize, but uh, we'll say, wow, you're very good at Googling. And tell us your story. Tell us a food story. So on that note, thank you for listening. Do write in to us, homp2020 at gmail.com, homp2020 at gmail.com. We will share your food stories. We will send you a newsletter. And the idea is to make a community that really wants this show back on the road. We want to get out there and shoot and there's so much more that the country has to offer. We have a lot of states to cover and we'll also take you overseas. Prashant, Mayur, Rocky and me have done several shows all over the place and we feel blessed and thrilled to have done that. We hope this podcast lifts your spirits a little in this area of lockdown because if you can't go to the highway, we will get the highway to you on Highway on our podcast. Thank you guys. We will see them again. Please commit which state we're going to next. Come on. Who's going to take a pick? Where, where are we going now? We went east. Let's go. Uh, where, where do Center. we go? Let's let's do. Yeah, let's do Madhya Pradesh. Yeah. Or let's go Madhya Pradesh. Let, let our wonderful Humper who likes having on a podcast. Indore. He said, "Come to Indore." Let's go to Madhya Pradesh. Yeah. Okay, Madhya Pradesh it is. And and I'll be leaving you. We're going to leave you with the food court. Uh, okay. Get down for a visit to Bengal while the sun is shining. Make some hay. If you can't take somebody along with you, ekla chalo, ekla chalo, ekla chalo re. <laughs> In Bengal, arguments are just a relaxed hobby. But remember, without fish or sweets, ami pagal hoye jabi, ami pagal hoye jabi. Too good. Bishon, Bishon, Bishon spectacular. Stay at home, stay happy. These are great days if you're at home. If you're at home. Until COVID leaves us, we will bring you the highway. Till next time, we will give you Madhya Pradesh. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good night. Sleep well. Ami God Ame Khabar Nachi. Ame Daddy God Jai. Ame Daddy God Jai. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.
All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.